Welcome. Another episode of Simon Says, Let's Talk Business. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Sandler Training by Simon Inc. And excited today. We've got two great guests. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation today, talking about entrepreneurship and talking about sales, two of my favorite subjects. I have Matt Hyatt here today with us, the founder and CEO of Rocket IT. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. Glad to be here. Good. I also have Derek Grant with us, the Vice President of Commercial Sales for Sales Loft. Thanks a lot for allowing me to be here today. You were welcome. Glad you could make it. I'm, I'm, you know, Sales Loft is, uh, is a hot commodity these days, and, and uh, it's great to, uh, great to get a chance to talk to you, especially about sales. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to, to talk all about sales and go yeah. to markets. There you go. And, uh, and let's, uh, Matt, let's start with you. Let's talk about entrepreneurship. Let's talk about Rocket IT got uh, quite a reputation that you've built and you've I been doing it's a good one well uh, there's a reputation <laughs> i no, I, i'm i'm pretty sure it's good right and uh and you've got very loyal clients i know uh, that that the folks just love the work you all do Thank and you. you were telling me that it's not you it's your people right it absolutely is so let's let's start at the beginning so what 22 years now uh, yeah almost 23 20 almost 23 years ago you started the company why did. did you do that <laughs> you know, sometimes I joke with folks that the original purpose of my company was Matt Hyatt needs a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, give yourself a job. Yeah, that, that works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was a guy that uh, from a very early age was very interested in, in entrepreneurship and, and businesses. And uh, I remember riding the school bus when I was a kid, looking out the window, trying to figure out what kind of business I was going to run someday. And at yeah. some point along the line, discovered uh, computers and I uh, felt like that was uh, uh, that was the field for me. Yeah, and uh, you know, to do that, I started out working for other folks uh, first in the software industry and then in the hardware industry. And when I was laid off in late 1994, I said, "Okay, I'm I'm done working for others. I'm ready to start this business I've been dreaming about since I was a kid." And so I sat down and wrote a business plan. And January of '95, I started Rocket IT. That's a tremendous story and one not unlike my own. Oh, I really? was the same thing, corporate sales guy for 24 years and wow. got fired uh -huh. in uh, 2001 uh -huh. and had enough of the corporate world and uh, went out on my own. Yeah. They gave you an invitation to start your own business. That was nice of them. <clears throat> they released me to thrive elsewhere. <laughs> yes, yes right. they did. Yes. And deservedly so. I needed to be fired. Absolutely. Uh, it's funny how you don't learn stuff until you have to do it your for your for yourself right, right. yeah I mean, absolutely really. yeah absolutely well i'm sure you you and i are a lot alike unemployable yes at this point i definitely could not work with somebody <laughs> right. else right now but yeah i would want to run their company yeah yeah so there you go so you built a great team over the years yeah we have we sure have tell us a little bit about your story how did you get going was it easy difficult at first and how did you find the right people tell us a little bit more about rocket it oh my goodness uh fits and starts uh, yeah. You know, you, you, you have this vision when you start a business that uh, uh, if we're going to graph it, uh, it's going to go high into the right and it'll be pretty much a, uh, a vertical line with increasing height. Uh, of course. Uh, but that's not the way it's worked out at all. Yeah. You know, you, you take a few steps forward and you'll take one back. Sometimes you'll take one step forward and take a few back. Yeah. And uh, certainly that's been the case. Uh, I remember early in my uh, career at Rocket IT, uh, we uh, you know, basically ran it out of the house for years. I was an independent consultant. And, uh, and when I was working that way, I thought, you know what? This is great. I'm going to be an independent consultant the rest of my life because, you know, it's awesome. You get to work from home. I uh, was there around when my kids were very small and yeah. I got to be part of that. And uh, life was good. But then, you know, you get to a point and you're like, wow, 
I'm basically working four or five jobs here. I'm the president. <laughs> uh, I'm the I'm the you know the salesperson. I'm the technician. I used to joke with folks that so you get a cold call every once in a while, and you know the person calling yeah. doesn't have any idea how big the company is, and so we'd have a nice little conversation, and finally say, "So Matt, what's your role?" And I would tell him, "Well, I'm the president slash janitor. You know, that's, <laughs> that's my job. I do everything." Yeah. And uh, I actually started getting junk mail in the mail. Uh, Matt yeah. Hyatt, uh, president slash janitor, Rocket IT. Yeah. Uh, some people just uh, kind of took that that seriously. But you really haven't. Uh, even though it's been almost 23 years, you really haven't lost that sense of the high touch, people oriented. Oh, it's, that's what it's all about. Uh, yeah. In fact, our stated purpose is to help people thrive. That's really what the organization is designed to do. Mm. And uh, while certainly that applies to our clients, uh, it's a m- more than that. If you think about uh, our circles of influence, uh, they're often going to start with our own team. Yes. And so uh, when I'm working with my team, I'm looking for ways that I can help them be successful. And uh, when we've got a successful team and a team that's driven to help other people thrive, yeah. I guess what? That equates to a great client experience also. And then, you know, we would also include our vendors, our community uh, in that uh, in those circles of influence. And so it's that, that's really what it's about for us. And you've, you've been able to attract good people because of that. Attract and keep really good people because yeah. of that. Absolutely. They Would enjoy you, working with each other uh, because they are often motivated in the same way. And you can tell when you're around your, to your team, you can tell Thank they're you. having fun, they're enjoying each other's company, and yet they're still very, very focused on doing a great job. They are. Thank you. Is that the reason why you win business, or are there other reasons as well? Wh- why I went in business? Why you win. Win oh, business. Win business. Yeah. Why, yeah. Do, why do your clients choose Rocket IT? Because today there must be thousands of alternatives to rocket it that they're right. available right right uh, that's true there are there are a lot of folks out there and they range from you know the uh the individual working out of their house or moonlighting in the evenings yep. uh to uh, large publicly traded organizations that are in the it services space and so uh, for us we were focused on typically 25 to 250 employee businesses and nonprofits. Okay. Those are the organizations where we feel like we can add the most value typically your sweet spot in fact yes Okay. And uh, for us, it's not just about the uh, uh, reactive type of uh, computer support that you often hear people talking about. Uh, for us, it's really about uh, winning in business. You know, how can we help the people in these businesses from the employees uh, up to the CEO and the shareholders of the business win and thrive? Mm. And so when we think that way, it really becomes much more than simply reacting to, hey, I've got a computer problem. I'm going to run across town or, or come in over the internet and solve the problem. It's really more about strategy. Uh, It's about planning uh, and uh, putting systems in place that create a predictable environment uh, where people can be successful. And also having folks there available that uh, when the unexpected happens, you've also got a plan for that. So as soon as I hear things like that, like predictable and systems in place, and then a lot of people start to think, okay, ka-ching, ka-ching, prices going up, prices Mm -hmm. going up, prices going up. Are you able to make a business case for this with your clients? A hundred percent. Yeah, think about it, particularly in the size range that I'm talking about, up to 250 employees or so. Those organizations have every bit of need yeah. as much larger organizations. And IT is a lot different than it was when I started the company years ago. Uh, there are specialties and subspecialties and sub-subspecialties. And so the skill set required in order to manage IT systems well, again, from the strategy through the support to the reactive part of it, you're talking about, I need business experience. I need to have uh, 
uh, leadership experience. I need to understand how culture works in an organization. Yeah. I need to know all about IT from putting in the right systems from a security standpoint. Security is a big deal. We've all heard about that in yes. the news. Uh, you've got the uh, methods and, and systems that you put in place and the documentation that you put in place that if there's some sort of failure, like a hurricane or two, <laughs> that there's, there's a plan for that, right? Yes. Uh, and so you think about an organization, let's say 100 employees, do they have the, the budget to go out and hire the strategic business leader needed to lead an organization uh, through those uh, pitfalls and scary things? Do they have the uh, technical expertise, uh, not just for firewalls, but also for perhaps for Amazon Web Services mm. and Windows and Mac? And by the way, uh, notice mobile devices. Uh, everybody's got a mobile device. And then Wi-Fi, it just goes on and on. Oh, just the speed of technology change is mind-boggling. Exactly. So you think about the team that you need to put in place to really manage that well. Most companies just don't have the budget for that sort of thing. And compared to that, the price is very, very competitive. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And also, it seems to me that today's business, everything, all infrastructure, all communication, it's all technology-based. And I mean, so is, much yeah. is involved with technology. You can't get by with just a notepad anymore in business. You really can't do it. You have to have systems, uh, which means you, uh, which means you have to have connectivity. You have to have security, like you mentioned. I mean, it just goes on and on and on, and it changes so fast. Mm -hmm. A big part of it too is uh, the education component mm -hmm. of it. You've, you've got all these new systems, these new applications, but then you've got this uh, sort of mindset around security. You know, one yeah. of the things we were talking about recently is. Often, one of the entry points uh, from a security perspective into a network is right through email. And how many of us are using email? So how many of us have seen those emails? Yeah. You know, it doesn't always look like the prince from Saudi Arabia saying he's looking for a place to put his money. Sometimes it sounds or seems legitimate uh, where email can be spoofed even from the boss. And so uh, an education component of it is important also. And devices as well, right? The portable devices, the smartphones, mm -hmm. major component there. Absolutely. Also an entry point for fraud and, and security breaches and on and on and on. You're scaring me. I need to get back to work. <laughs> Why did you choose this field, Matt? <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, no, no kidding. One of the things that I love about the IT field is that, that change and that yeah. uh, speed of uh, innovation that it demands uh, to me is, uh, you know, throw me in the briar patch. I love that stuff. Uh, and so... Yeah. Uh, uh, no two days or no two years alike, for sure. I'll bet not. It's not the uh, not the old mainframe world that I grew up in. No, um, uh, not not too many of them. There are there yeah. here and there, but uh, not so much, and at least in the clients we serve. That's excellent. So let's get back to entrepreneurship. I sure. mean, twenty three or almost years ago, you decided to be unemployable. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, really, you decided to depend on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to the corporate security blanket, which, again, I was, you know, for, for me, 24 years, never even thought about not having, mm -hmm. you know, the salary, the benefits, the package, and, right. you know, the expense account. I mean, that was my world for mm -hmm. so long. Uh, and and sounds like that was, that was you, too. So when you decided to make the leap into entrepreneurship, was it difficult for you to change your mindset and go from there? How did that work for you? No, I think I was already there, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, you know, growing up, I remember seeing my dad laid off a couple of times. Uh, mm. And then, uh, you know, I experienced uh, myself several times where I felt like either I'd hit a glass ceiling or I was treated yeah. unfairly uh, or 
uh, in the case of my last job, seeing my boss, who was an awesome guy, still is, good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, uh, get laid off, and then yeah. uh, then I was next. So I had I had developed, unfortunately, a distrust uh, for for employers. But that's actually been a rallying cry for me, you know, in my career, because I I don't want my employees to feel that way at all. I want them to feel and 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 through demonstration that I am for them, that I I want them to be successful, I want them to thrive, and I want them to feel secure uh, in their roles at Rocket IT. And so, uh, while there have been certainly some uh, painful times in my history, those have uh, gone and turned into something that's been really positive in my life. Have they? Absolutely. And so you also, uh, um, you were telling me you like to get your employees, your team members, really a better word probably, mm-hmm. uh, in y'all's case, you want them to, to think and, and, and work like an entrepreneur themselves, don't you? I really do. In fact, we talk about that very topic pretty often. Do you? Uh, absolutely. I, you know, I tell them uh, uh, in a staff meeting regularly, you know what, guys? I think being an entrepreneur is just the best thing in the world. I, I love entrepreneurship. I, I love having that control of our, our destiny and our even from our day-to-day schedule. I love that part of it. Yeah. And so what, I, what I've come to learn over time is that uh, I can't do it alone. You know, I need my team uh, in order to, uh, to pr- provide a service to the community and uh, to our clients. And so they're very important to me. And if I'm a big believer in entrepreneurship and I need them on my team, you know what? Let me see if I can create an environment where you can experience all the positive things about entrepreneurship from having control of your uh, day-to-day schedule and the things that you like to work on and having a say in the direction of the business and participating when the business wins. Uh, So through profit sharing and through other benefits, let's put all of that on the table, but let's keep, let's, you know, let's make sure that uh, when we're doing all those good things, that, uh, that we are also uh, uh, protecting us from some of the negative sides of, of entrepreneurship. You know, there's risk, uh, yeah. as uh, many people point out. Uh, there's uh, you know, certainly the potential that uh, something bad can happen and uh, things can go the other way. And so when we're creating this awesome environment for our team members and, and uh, young entrepreneurs, uh, let's make sure that we've protected them as well and uh, uh, shielded them from some of the negative aspects of Absolutely. entrepreneurship. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to work at Exact Target, and they had this great set of core values. And one of the core values was think like an owner. And I think it very much aligns with your, yeah. your work like an entrepreneur. And it was the lens through which they looked at a lot of decisions, whether mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, do I stay in the, the five-star hotel or do I stay in, in one that's two stars? And, and everyone at the company really lived that, and it became mm-hmm. really a core part of their culture and of their success. Yeah, I love that. And I think values are so important. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about yours at Sales yeah. Loft. But two of ours are uh, be passionate stewards. Uh, and find a better way. And uh, those two things together, I think, encapsulate what you're saying about uh, really thinking like a business owner. We want to absolutely take responsibility for, for uh, everything, really, uh, within mm-hmm. the organization, everything that uh, we've been uh, tasked with. Uh, but at the same time, we understand that uh, we can always get better. Now, we'll never be perfect, but I, I think we can be excellent, and I think we can get even better than that. And so we're always pursuing that, that, uh, that innovation and uh, finding a better way. Great way to say it. Thanks. So be passionate. Stewards. Be passionate stewards yeah. and? And find a better way. Find a better way. Four, yeah. That's great stuff. Yeah. Once again, this is Simon Says, Let's Talk Business with our guest, Derek Grant, with the uh, uh, hot sales loft company. And uh, we've been talking with uh, Matt Hyatt, the uh, founder, CEO, 
of Rocket IT, talking about company values, talking about uh, empowering your team members. So part of empowering them to be entrepreneurs is, is letting them make decisions, mm -hmm. even if that means it's the wrong decision, <laughs> right? right? So it's got to be a safe environment for them to fail. Yep. And, and do you have that, I take it? We absolutely do. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've led the team in, in failing. You know, I've made, I made plenty of mistakes uh, over the years and I've done things Haven't, the wrong way yes. lots and lots of times. And so I try and share uh, with them and be transparent about those, those times mm -hmm. uh, so that, uh, that it sort of uh, it shows the team that it's okay to make mistakes. Especially yeah. if, and we just had this discussion again at a staff meeting a few weeks ago, if the, if the team needs to make a decision and absent of uh, resources, whether, hey, you know, the boss is not around, whether that's me or another member of our leadership team, or it's not documented in our systems. And you know what? It's down to the certain team member to make a decision. Mm. All I ask is that you think about our purpose, help people thrive. You think about our values and what we're trying to accomplish. And then you make the very best decision that you can. And hopefully it's the right decision. But even if it's the wrong decision, you know what? It's totally okay because you thought about it. You thought about what are we trying to accomplish here? How do we play? What are the rules of the game? Yeah. And I made the decision that was best for our client or best for our team member uh, at that time using that information. And they learn lessons. And that's always yeah. okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You learn too. We always say you, you have to learn to fail to win. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever met a successful business person ever who hadn't talked about his or her failures mm -hmm. and the lessons they took from that. We could do a whole other show on that. Alan. Why don't we do that? <laughs> We've got three people right here that probably have lots of failures <laughs> we could right. talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Matt, you mentioned the uh, two of your four core concepts yeah in your company what are the other two so the, ver the very first one is connect with people mm. you know if, was, if you're going to help people be successful obviously you've got to stop and notice that you know the hum human sitting across from you yes. in fact one of the things we talk with uh, our young uh, uh, entry-level field service tax uh, remote service tax is yep. look you're probably here at Rocket IT because you love computers. And you know, that's great. I love computers too. That's awesome. And we love that you love computers. Yeah, that, that, that was a wonderful thing. Uh, but when you're walking in the door and somebody's there for help, the first thing we want to do is we want to make a connection with the human sitting in the chair. Mm. Let's understand who that person is and what they're trying to accomplish. What, what, if they're frustrated, what, you know, what's going on and how are things really affecting them? It's not a get out of my way, let me work on your computer. It's let's connect with these people and then we can help them work through whatever technology issue that they may be having or facing yeah. at that time. But the last, okay. so that's the first. Connect with people. Absolutely. Connect with people. And then we talked about uh, being passionate stewards and finding a better way. Yeah. Number four and the final one is have a blast. You know, oh, we, wow. Rocket IT, we try and make everything rockety. So blast, yeah. you know, blast off. But uh, yeah. uh, we like to have a good time. And so the, you know, the little the uh, the footnote there is you know extra points for finding humor in a difficult situation and so uh, we we do like to have fun uh, if you visit the office sometime you'll see uh, very plainly that yes. we like to have a good time and uh, there's a lot of laughing and carrying on that goes on around the team a lot of camaraderie yeah. and so uh, I, I love a fun work environment when we're not my, having fun why do it right why do it one of my clients they have Nerf gun wars in their oh, office yeah so, yes they they do. <laughs> Quite often, I'm, I'm told. In fact, I walked in their office one day and got assaulted. Oh, yes. wow. Okay. Wow. Yes. That was my indoctrination into their culture. It was great. So, Matt, I, I believe you're looking, you know, you can always grow more clients, right? You're looking for team members as well, right? We are, yeah. We have a, a, a notion at Rocket mm -hmm. IT that 
we're always recruiting. Yes. We're always looking for good people. Uh, I very much like to uh, hire folks and raise them up through the organization. And so uh, we're constantly looking. We have an awesome internship program. Mm. So we hire interns three seasons per year. Uh, many times uh, our new hires come out of that internship program. Yeah. And so uh, absolutely, we're, we're looking yeah. to grow and looking for new employees, new clients, and uh, more ways that we can connect into the community. Okay. So for our listeners who want to connect either as a potential <coughs> team member or as a potential a client of Rocket IT, how can they best contact your organization? You know, we're uh, pretty agnostic on that stuff. We, you can reach us however you'd like. You can swing by the office. But uh, for those of us that want to you know, come on the website, rocketit.com, uh, rocketit.com slash careers, if you're interested in working there, uh, you can send an email to us, of course. Uh, check out our Facebook page, LinkedIn. Uh, you, okay. you choose your, your way. You can good ride place your to start. bicycle over there if you want to. Okay. <laughs> but the good place to start is rocketit.com. Yes, sir. All right. Excellent. Uh, once again, this is Simon Says, Let's Talk Business. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Sandler Training by Simon, Inc. And we've just had a tremendous uh, conversation with Matt Hyatt, the founder and CEO of Rocket IT. And if you're in the market for uh, any kind of technology help in your company, or if you're looking for a position with a great, great company, I hope you'll take advantage of, of uh, Matt's offer to visit rocketit.com and have a conversation. Thanks, Alan. Excellent stuff. It. Derek. Yeah. Hey, let's talk sales. Absolutely. And can I say a few things about Matt? No. It's my show. We do what I want. Well, that's a good no. point. No, go ahead. Uh, yes, please do. I, I love his story about entrepreneurship and you know, I'd heard the term a long time ago, entrepreneurship, and it's for those of us who don't have the guts to step out on their own like Matt did. And so sales is the ultimate entrepreneur. You're still young. There's still time for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. In, uh, sales is the ultimate entrepreneurship, right? Because you yes. really have your own book of business. You control your own earning potential, but you do it with a benefactor like someone like Matt. And I feel like that's uh, that's absolutely incredible. I saw a Lou Holtz video, the, the, the famous Notre Dame coach years and years ago, and he talked about the fact that it took a lot more uh, guts to sign a check on the front than it did to sign it on the back. And so what <laughs> Matt does, so, so powerful, and I, and I love that. And I love that you keep values at the core of all the things that you do. Thank you. You know, you can go and work anywhere, and there may be things that hang on the wall, but when you talk about really all the decisions that your team is, is making being looked at through the lens of values, and there's no wrong answer if you use that lens, that is incredible and that that's a great that's a sign of a terrific wonderful uh, enlightened leader so wow, really really nice to, to hear that story that's incredible if well things said. don't work out sales loss you may call i might have a place for you over there. <laughs> yes. i love it i love it <laughs> yes. thank you now i wasn't an entrepreneur entrepreneur until age 44 so you've still got time I still have time <laughs> still have time absolutely yeah and uh and core values that we've been talking about with matt with rocket it's core values i heard you speak at the at the um Enterprise Sales Forum, oh, and you talked about your core values. That oh, may be great. a good place to start. I talk, tell us about Sales Loft and your values and what you do. So Sales Loft is a, uh, a CRM integrated platform that helps sellers be more sincere and connected with buyers through a cadence of phone, email, and social touches. It's the idea of, of empowering every sales rep in the business to be pleasantly persistent with their target accounts Great and with phrase. their target budget. Yeah. Pleasantly persistent. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I have uh, David Cummings, who's a mutual friend of all of ours, uh, to thank for that. I thought that was, was such a nice, elegant way of yes. saying it. One of the great things about Sales Loft 
is that it is really values-based. And, and it's something that we take very, very seriously. It is uh, something that we evaluate on the way in the door. And so that we have a culture interview team, and it is late in the game. Mm-hmm. But they've been through the recruiter. They've been through the hiring manager. There's an assumption that they can do the job. But the question then becomes, would I want to be in a canoe with this person? It, it, we, we jokingly call it the canoe test. Would I, would I uh, know that, that if they were in the back of the canoe that they're paddling? Uh, that, that they're steering me in the right direction. They won't dump me into the water. Could I have a nice conversation with this person if it were just the two of us? And that's a really, really important thing. We, we think of values as, as the things that can help people get into the business and get them on the bus. Uh, and, and the absence thereof are, are things that make them not want to be on the bus with us or we don't want them on the bus anymore either. So yeah. uh, I heard Kyle, our CEO, say one time that if someone isn't living the values, if they snuck by the goalie, if they gave us a big show on the way in the door, but they actually don't, embody the things that we think are important they're going to feel very lonely there yes Mm -hmm. they're going to feel super out of place because everyone else is rolling in one direction and here they are trying to fight the current and so uh i think i think about bobby cox you know when he was the manager of the braves they had such a great run of winning and he had lots of very talented ball players that didn't hang around long because bobby was so the canoe test was really what he was doing right if they can't make us better in the clubhouse yep I don't care if they can make us better on the field because long-term it won't work. Yep. There was a great anecdote in the, in the book Moneyball where I believe it was, it may have been Sheffield, it may have been Crime Dog or Dave Justice. One of the ex-Atlanta players had made their way from New York to the Cleveland, uh, or to the Oakland A's, excuse me. Yes. And the story was that the person was, was really acting like a, a bit of a jerk in the clubhouse. And Billy Bean called him aside and said, here's the thing. New York didn't want you so bad. They're paying your entire salary. So if you think you're not cuttable to us, you are not reading <laughs> the handwriting on the wall. And so he, he jumped, snapped into line when he realized yes. that. Literally, a team would rather pay him not to be there than to pay him to have him there. Yes, and wow. so it, that's He powerful. suddenly realized he had no leverage. That's exactly right. He's in a very low leverage position. Yes. So. so tell us about y'all's core values. They started with the Pardot core values of positive self-starting and supportive. And, that sounds like entrepreneurship a little bit there. I'm not, not sure. It's a little bit of like entrepreneurship. Yep, that's exactly yeah. right. Uh, you know, and, and we realized that there was something missing when we mm-hmm. thought about our core values. And we could have people who were in the business who, were they positive? Yeah. Were they self-starting? Yeah. Were they supportive? Yeah. But one thing that we didn't take into account in our core values that is really something that's been revolutionary to us is, is customer first. Mm. You know, you think about Sales Loft as a, as a VC-backed company. There's, there's really three stakeholders in the business. There's, there's the employees. And Matt talked about making, making a wonderful place for the employees. There's the, there's the investors. Uh, and they put money into the business. But without customers, there's no investors, mm-hmm. therefore no employees. And so the customer yes. really sits at the, 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 at the top of the pyramid, they are the single most important thing that we have because us walking around being positive, self-starting and supportive and ignoring our customers is not the way to grow a, a great business. Yes. Uh, and so that was, was something that really was, uh, was huge for us to, to have that paradigm shift and, and to really realize customer that, first. Yes. That, that, is, that is literally the first of the core values. That's what Matt, what you were talking about when you said when you walk into that office, the first mm-hmm. thing you do is you, is you make the person feel comfortable yep, that's right. and then fix the problem. Yep. I mean, you know, weeks later, they're going to remember that the problem was fixed, but they're also going to remember how they felt about mm-hmm. the person that came in to fix Absolutely it. Absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. That experience that they have. I, uh, I spent some time in healthcare. I, I took a one-year stint in healthcare, 
And during that time, there was an, and I lived in Orlando at the time, and there was a, a very well-traveled book in that area that was called If Disney Ran Your Hospital. And what it talked about was the difference between outcomes and experiences. Mm -hmm. And the theory was, if I break my arm, I can go to a doctor, they can put a cast on it, and in six weeks, my arm will function again as it always did. But what they said was, if I sat in the, in the emergency room for three hours, if the doctor had no bedside manner, if insurance uh, or if their billing department continued to, to hound me for things that should have been paid by insurance, did I have the outcome? Sure. What was my experience? Horrific. Yes. And so to your point, I, I think if you assume that the outcome is table stakes, it's what can we do to, to really ensure the experience is a powerful one. We, we talk at Sales Loft about sales love what we show oh, to our customers. I see what you did there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So someone smarter than me came up with it. Oh, yeah. uh, but it, it really mm -hmm. is a, about the experience people have. And you know, I, I have said a number of times that, that my stated goal for everyone in the sales org at Sales Loft is that everyone who interacts with them will want to hire them. Now, I don't want anyone to go hire my team, <laughs> uh, but, but I, I really do think that, that so much of it is about experience. I saw a thing from CEB the other day that said 53% of customer loyalty is determined by the salesperson. Uh, and so oh, wow. it, it really starts at the beginning. Did they deeply understand your business? Did they know what it was you needed? Did they position their product the right way? They sell it ethically. Uh, was there a smooth handoff? And, and then really your, your post-sale team takes over. But it really is sales love is something that we say starts with the very first SDR on the very first call, uh, having them be thoughtful, thorough, yeah. uh, really some, someone who that seller that they're connecting with would say, man, I wish my reps would act this way. I, I was thinking about you in sales loft the other day. I got cold called. Okay. And this person didn't take a breath until she had read at least two paragraphs wow. off her sheet. <laughs> and she finally took a breath and I said, wow. Yep. Who taught you that script? She said, my boss. <laughs> I said, can I talk to your boss? That's right. That's a great business uh, development opportunity for you. It was. I turned, my, turned her cold call into right. my cold call. That's it was powerful. great. <laughs> but it's amazing how they don't care about you. They just got to get their script out. And, they're, you, know, and they're, they, you hear things like, it's a numbers game, right? It's a numbers game. Well, the, these are people you're talking about. Yeah. The Loss of sincerity in sales is something that, that I've seen happen over the span of the last 10 years. And mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of it is, is based on the fact that sellers are now equipped and, and companies are now equipped with whether it's marketing automation, whether it's sales engagement software like SalesLoft, and it allows them to, with the click of one button, deploy hundreds or thousands of emails out to their target market, which lack really one important thing, which is why is this person getting it and why are they getting it now? The absence of sincerity in the call, the absence of research and understanding of the person's business. I'm sure that when Matt was saying that they would call and they'd done no research, right? They didn't know that you're a, a one, two person shop, you're a solopreneur. And you know, they're, now they're putting stuff in Salesforce that says that you're the president and the janitor. Uh, you know, th <laughs> that absence of context is something that now makes people have to be script based, template based, really mm -hmm. unfortunate. Truth. One of the things I love about what you're saying, Derek is you, what you're really doing is you're focusing on building relationships with your prospects. That's, that's what you're talking yep. about. And when you build relationships with people, they, they want to do business with you. Yep. So we, we've uh, worked with Sales Loft, uh, and, uh, and one of the things I love about the product is that, there, that there's a system that's put in place yes. to help simplify that process. Yep. Because it's not easy. It's not, particularly you think about you know, dozens or hundreds or perhaps more uh, prospects that you might be reaching out to, 
how do you keep track of all right where was i here where, yep. you know, what yes. stage of the process i am am, am i on and this person and so uh i just if, anytime you can create a process around building genuine relationships yep. With your prospects and customers, I think that's a good thing. I love, yes. what, I love that track. Well, as both of you know, <clears throat> excuse me, as both of you know, the first step in the Sandler selling system is bonding and building rapport. That's right. Yeah. And uh, you, when you, when you're talking about sales, Derek, you talk about touches. Yep. You talk about a cadence of touches, which really speaks to that, doesn't it? It could be email, could be whatever. That's right. right? Well, and part of it, and I, I heard a, a really smart sales consultant say this one time. It was the idea that. If you are going to do research, you're going to do three-by-three three research, which is something that I know Voresight has popularized, three minutes to find three interesting things about the person. You're going to use it in an email. You're going to say, hey, it turns out, you know, it looks like you just got funded. Congrats. We work with high-growth companies like yours. It looks like we're also connected to four of the same people. I think what oftentimes gets missed is coaching the seller well enough so when they get on the phone call, instead of vomiting a script all over you, they're able to say, Al, listen coolest thing. You guys just got funded. That's incredible. And use that same information, but instead, uh, we've got these really junior sellers and they are, they are reading a script, which really doesn't set them up for a long-term success in sales. We think in terms of a framework, I, I never want a seller. If someone says, well, I'm using a competitor. I don't, I don't want them to go, um, well, I think we want to <laughs> give them some, some hit points, but really they need to be able to think on their feet. They need really a net but they need to be able to balance on the high wire by yeah. themselves. They so. need a process, but, That's not, right. but not a script. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. Yes. And, and being able to know more about your prospects, being able to fit that in to not only the email, where it's really easy because you're just typing letters on the keyboard, but as soon as you go hot with a call, to be able to muster that and bring that to the forefront and build that deep personal relation, that bond, yeah. uh, is, is something that's really important. And it's something that I think junior sellers are, are, have begun to lack. Yes. And it's something that I'd like to see make a renaissance. Well, I wanted to talk to you about that because, because Sales Loft is on the forefront of a movement in sales in general. And I'm talking B2B sales yep. here, not necessarily B2C so much, but B2B, business-to-business sales. Uh, the, the idea of fewer people out there on the street, you know, the account manager, yep. account rep, yep. and more of the inside, let's touch them from the inside. Which, you know, for those of us who've been around a while in sales and some of the old school-ish, yep. that's like, ooh, you can't look at them face-to-face -face that that's way. Right. <laughs> so how do you teach your people to be effective? I, my very first job was a field-based uh, sales rep role, and I had the middle of the country. I had all the places that, when I say I've been to 43 of the 50 states, I've been to a lot of states you don't really want to go to. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was a great experience, but it, it was back in the era pre-cloud-based CRM. It was pre meeting software that would allow you to do a, a meeting in Des Moines, Iowa from your desk in Atlanta, Georgia. And so whenever I'd see my boss, he'd say, what are you doing here? Because if I was there with him, I wasn't interfacing with customers. And the, the world has really changed. It has. And it's changed, I think, a lot for the better. And one of the things it's allowed for is for the, the new seller, and I was new at that time, being deployed to a place where there was no coaching, no one around, sort of figure it out on your own. And now I can be in an office. I can be uh, within earshot of my manager, I can wave my arms wildly if I need an assist. Uh, and, and I think it's really powerful. It also drives huge economies of scale. You think about the fact that if I was here in Atlanta and I was going to do four appointments, that's about all I could do in a day. When you think about potentially have to block an hour wherever I'm going because it, there's a chance there's gonna, there's a hundred percent chance there's going to be traffic, not a chance, a hundred percent chance there's going to be traffic. Then you got to get there 15 minutes early. And then the person who has the Wi-Fi password mm -hmm. isn't there. And then the projector doesn't work and they show up late. And then 
oh, what, what a disaster. Yeah. And so with something, uh, with technology like Zoom to be able to do uh, a remote screen sharing, you're able to take a call in Miami and follow that up with a call in Seattle and, and yeah. not necessarily have some of the inefficiencies. And what's happening now, and you see uh, whether it's GoToMeeting with HD Faces, whether it's Zoom, uh, video has been a core part of their technology from the outset. You really are able to still look the person in the face. Yes, you You're are still able to. Now Delta doesn't want does not want to hear this. Okay? Yeah. just so we know. <laughs> so uh, someone did a FaceTime call with me on the Delta flight the other day, uh, and I thought it was pretty incredible because yes. that's got to be terrifying to the person that's sitting next to them. Wait, they're making a phone call. Yeah, yep, right, they are making yeah. a phone call. <laughs> yes. But but it, I think that there is the ability to be deeply personal today with the technology we have. Not the same as what the traditional field-based seller had, because I can't take them to lunch after the meeting that I did from my desk in Atlanta with a customer in Seattle, but I can get to know them. I can see if there's a look on their face. Almost did they lean back in their chair. That used to be the thing that you could always tell and read body language if you were a good seller in the room. Now you're virtually in the room all the time. And so you can see if they're nodding in agreement, if they look confused. Uh, And so I'm excited to see the the shift to an inside selling model. Uh, You know, when I traveled, three weeks a month. You know what I didn't get? I didn't get invited to the bowling league because I was never there on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know what I didn't do? Friday night, I was not somebody who was necessarily going to be able to go out Friday night. Why? Because I just got home at nine o'clock and I got to get home. I've yet to be home. Yeah. Sunday, what am I doing? Watch football? Nope. Doing laundry because I got to head to the airport to go back to, to Bismarck, North Dakota. Yes. Uh, and so I will tell you that, that I, I do believe inside sales is more empathetic to the seller. And it also opens up a great opportunity for these, I use the word young, but it's really inexperienced sellers, right? Because there's a certain amount of gray hair that if you're selling to a CEO, that you would expect to be in the room. But from an inside selling perspective, maybe you turn the video off if, if you're having that meeting with the CEO, because you don't want to give away that you've only been in sales a couple of years, but you're asking such deep questions like Sandler lets us ask, digging deep into the pain funnel. And you can really match uh, product features to the, the needs that they have. So you can be a really mature seller but not necessarily be an old seller. Yeah. And more and more of our clients were dealing with their inside people. It yep. used to be we only dealt with the outside people. Yep. And maybe we did a couple of little things with the inside people to help them you know, set appointments better. Yep. That's, uh, that's all changing. It, yep. it sales is sales, whether you're inside or outside, and it's just sales. That's exactly right. I mean, you yeah. know, it, people buy the people, Matt, as you said. It, it is yeah. the personal relationship that does really, really well in sales. But then going a step beyond it, you need to understand what they're looking for. You need to dig deep with them. You need to do a thorough job of discovery. You need to set a mutual action plan. You need to have all of these great methods that, that Sandler would teach to the, the person who's out in the room that's selling million-dollar deals. Uh, the inside seller needs a lot of those same models. If anything, the inside seller needs it more because they don't have that framework a lot of times. You know what else is happening is we see the ASP, the average sale price of what an inside seller is able to, to move continuing to be pushed up, up, up. And so hmm. people or technology companies in particular are beginning to buy higher uh, average sale price items from inside sellers because they sell the same way. Now, if you're selling to manufacturing, you may still have to go on site. But if, if you do have a tech sales bend, if that is a, a key component, like I know it is for you hmm. all, sure, uh, it, it doesn't require as much in the room time. Uh, and, and you really are able to do it with a yeah. with a more junior seller. But even those folks that are going to be on site, they've probably done a lot of qualification yes. offsite first. Because if you're going to spend the money on a plane ticket right. or even driving across town in Atlanta traffic, right. you still better make sure you're making good use of your time. And, yeah. you know, in the old days, uh, I can tell you that, and, and as the new seller with my t- my 13 state territory in the middle of cornfields, 
I would oftentimes fly there and get an on-site meeting, and it was discovery. And you'd walk in, and you'd find out, wow, what a dumpster fire. This is a horrible use of my time. Yeah. Thankfully, you'd hooked three, <laughs> four, five other meetings around yes. that. But a lot of times, and, and as, a, as a super junior seller, I wasn't smart enough to know to do my disco before I actually went out to go and meet with them face-to-face. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and boy, the things that experience teaches you that aren't common sense isn't so common. Uh, and things you don't necessarily know as a junior exactly. seller, you know, to get the appointment, you don't know to get the qualified appointment sometimes. Yes. Okay. Well, this is Simon Says Let's Talk Business. Once again, uh, your host, Al Simon, with my guest, Matt Hyatt with Rocket IT and Derek Grant with Sales Loft. And Derek, I want to I want to shift gears just a second because I know you're a fan of the DISC profile and the way of uh, measuring communication styles as we are at Sandler. D-I-S-N-C. Some people might use uh, some different ones. Myers-Briggs comes to mind. Sure. There's a lot of different good ones out there. Uh, one of those ways of, of measuring communication styles and, and pegging your prospect's communication style so that you can, you can change your style a bit to make them feel more comfortable in conversation with you. And of course, in sales, the uh, traditional stereotype salesperson was a D-I. Yep. A D for Tom, dominant, I for influencer. So in other words, uh, fast talking people, people, yep. <laughs> and that was it. Fast talking people, people. Let's get some of those in our sales That's team. That's right. But you're a proponent of, you know what? The other two, the S and the C can be very valuable in sales. Tell it, tell us why you feel that way. Uh, I'll tell you a story from many, many years ago. Uh, I had the opportunity to work with still the best seller I've ever seen is a guy named Kevin Goldstein. I met, I met him during my time at Pardot and he was a unicorn for us. So at the time of acquisition, uh, to exact target, we had 11 million in revenue. Kevin was responsible for seven of it. And he was, I mean, just talk about a guy that was just killing it. And he was our first sales rep, but it wasn't that he was well out ahead of people, just substantially better than them. And so we disc profiled him and we hired, uh, he turned out to be a C. And I I later, which we we always called compliant. It used to be S and C used to be submissive and compliant. I know millennials have changed it to a softer name now because everyone gets orange slices (laughs) and participation trophies. Uh, But with that said, uh, he he was a C. He's a compliant, as far yes. as I'm concerned. Which is a detailed person. Yes, dig into the weeds. That's right. and, and make slow decisions. And yeah, okay. that's right. And yeah. which uh, and and finding one who's good at sales is like literally a unicorn walking out into the clearing. I yes. mean, it's just like the most crazy thing. Yes. Uh, and so we after we did the disc profile, we said, man, we should go hire a bunch of these C's for sales. Uh, because of the fact that he was very process oriented. He was very thorough. If he told you to be there at five, it'd be there at four. He, uh, he had a communication cadence, which we didn't even know about in, you know, 2007, which we didn't even think of, of being able to stay in touch with prospects. So all mm-hmm. the C traits that he had made him incredible. We hired mm-hmm. two new C's and we fired them within the span of about 30 days. And what we realized wow. was they needed so much time to do research because C's don't operate with a great deal of ambiguity. Yes. yes. They would spend an hour and they would know, uh, you know, they know Matt's dog's name and his social security number before they'd make a call to the president slash janitor of the company. <laughs> and if the call went to voicemail, what do, we, what do we have? We have a wasted hour. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, we realize that C's don't oftentimes operate at the level of scale, but they are thorough. And that's really one of the things that is important. I think what you're seeing is a little bit of a shift. And it's not necessarily that you get a high C like Kevin was. Those high Cs, they, you need a cattle prod to get them onto, to, to actually get them to interface with the customer because they really do enjoy being thorough in the research side. But it is the person who is, is thoroughly researched. It is the person who is thoughtful in their approach, who has a compelling event. It's a reason why they would reach out. And so you, you need more C today than ever 
in the selling process. And yes. you still need the D and the I. You still need to either be able to force them to sign the contract or make them like you into signing the contract. Those two things are really important from a dominant and influencer perspective. But I think what you're seeing now is a shift to a more process-centric yes. seller, particularly in the inside world. And you could argue that enterprise sellers have always had to execute on a process. And I think you're seeing that now become begin to come down market. And so yeah. whether it is making it easy for them to research, because again, you can take a junior seller at any company and you can have them hit a button and send out a thousand impersonal emails, which I saw a stat the other day from uh, social one, two, three, that said that 76% of B2B emails never get opened, much less read. But I believe that this seller who's been in the seat for five minutes can hit a button and send this out. And it is happening nationally. People are sending out more and more and more of this Really, the S and the C, the, the S side of the house is going to go and do the research. The C side of the house is going to go and understand. And then they're going to be able to infuse that into their selling process because yeah. they now know something relevant about the person. But the cool thing is, is you can teach them that part of the process is like the three by three. You yep. know? So there, you just you do this much research and this much time and then you go. That's right. The call. And, and because they're process-oriented people, they will get that yep. and they will do it. But yep. it does take that training, the onboarding. You know, I've got a client that's an actuarial firm, Wow, bunch of C's. I've got yep. clients that are engineers, bunch of C's. That's right. And I find that they're really good at asking great questions. Hmm. You just have to get them to go ahead and keep going yep. and not be, not get too bogged down in the weeds. Let's dig in deep into pain. And, and yeah. it's oftentimes a real genuine curiosity. And so yeah. I, I believe that those C traits serve sellers well. And the traditional D or I is more and more becoming a bull in a china shop. Uh, they're, yes. they're a bulldozer who is pushing their way through to get to the meeting, but doesn't necessarily deeper connect because you talked about the power of relationships yes. and, and bonding initially. Uh, and so those yes. people are, they, they want to win on being gregarious and likable and, and a people person, as you said, I don't yes. even know what that means. I think we're all people, people, but whatever they want to win on that. And I think it is the people who are able to, to take their natural tendencies to, to look and feel like a seller and then put on their research hat and be willing I to think you've dig it. in yeah. and be thorough yeah. is the really So we need, really seller. need a DISC is what we need. That's right. <laughs> you need somebody to sit at the intersection <laughs> of all four. That's what we need. Yeah. If you find one of those, let me know. Uh, we always joke that the D, the D style, their mantra is fire, ready, aim. That's right. Hey. Oh, yeah, that's right. And the C style is like ready, ready, aim, ready, yeah. <laughs> aim. That's right. <laughs> okay, fire. No, wait, no, wait. That's right. <laughs> so, well, one of the things yeah. I, you said, Derek, that I just love is if you think about that, well, we can still hire uh, salespeople and hire uh, prospectors uh, uh, that can be that D and that I and can focus on that, mm. that human connection and the gregarious behaviors. And then they've got the tool, Sales Loft, to bring the C to That's the right. table and to yes. automate that. Yep. I love that. I love the way that you're thinking about it. Yes. I think it's pretty awesome. Well, and, then, and thank you for saying that, Matt, because I want to ask you, Derek, tell us about the Sales Loft product set and what it helps your, your clients do. So there's a lot of research that says uh, that, that it takes an average of seven to you see as high as 11 touches to be able to get in touch with a prospect. But there was a recent serious decisions uh, research piece that indicated that the average seller makes two. And the reason the average seller makes two is they're a D or an I. They're not a process person. <laughs> did, you, did, you read, did you touch all the people in your territory? Yeah, sure. You know, they send out one email. They never think to follow up on the call. And, it, and it's, it's so challenging. Trying to the next thing. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. And so yeah. whether you believe it's seven, whether you believe it's 11, if the fact is that the average is two, there's a huge gap. Oh. 
in how persistent reps are being with prospects. And so pleasantly persistent, pleasantly persistent. Absolutely. (laughs) So sales loft really is designed to to do a couple things. Number one, it's designed to help make it easy for reps to go along with prospects and to have that level of pleasant persistence. Uh, and, And the pleasant part comes from integrations we have to LinkedIn, Owler, for all the sellers out there who are listening, if you don't know Owler, O-W-L-E-R, I'd recommend you go and check it out. It's free. It's a free resource. It's incredible. It It tells you about uh, the company, who their competitors are, who key members of the organization are, recent uh, unstructured data like blog posts and funding announcements. It is incredible. But it's it's designed to make them more pleasant because they're more well researched. So it's, yeah. it really is is able to take your your D or your I that is sitting in the seat who you hired because they seem to have all the right sales talents, and it's a lot. It, it's designed to give them their S and their C, their process, their thoroughness. You're going to double tap on day one. Two days later, you're going to follow up to that email. Four days after that, you're going to send a video that you've researched and you're going to talk about the things you've learned about them. And the tool leads them through these cadences, it does. right? It, it absolutely okay. does. Your, your uh, leaders will define the play, the cadence, as we like to call it, and then it allows every rep to be able to run it. Aberdeen Research had a, a great piece, and, and I sort of stumbled upon it because I just I like reading about sales. And it was motivating, incentivizing, third one was, on sales uh, with salespeople. So it was sort of a three-pronged approach. One of the real nuggets in that uh, in that that research piece was that 57% of best-in-class companies are thinking about how to replicate the characteristics of their top performer. You know, the, the Kevin Goldstein of the world. I can tell yes. the story about Kevin. We, uh, we we one day said, Kevin, you got a process. I want you to come in and explain it to these folks. Uh, and so he went in and he explained something that was just as natural to him as breathing air. And there was, you saw a jaw, a gaff, people <laughs> counting the ceiling tiles, a, a lot of sort of confused looks because it's just like, well, and of course, you're going to reach out a week after that, and then you're going to find something relevant from a research perspective and send that over to them to, to add value to what they're doing. And continue. You know, when they switch jobs, you're going to follow them there. And he sh- explained it to them, and it took about a week for none of them to be doing it. And a new <laughs> class came in. We said, Kevin, I, I want you to come and explain to them your process again. He said, no. Hmm. And I was like, excuse me? He said, absolutely not, because you wasted my time. The last time I went in there and taught them that, it was a huge waste of time because no one was able to take yes. my process and work with it. Really, sales off is designed to take your D's and your I's, the things you love from sales, and to be able to give them that level of, of process. And then there's a great efficiency gain that comes from it. The facts are that inside sales, high velocity inside sales is one of the most inefficient things in the world, particularly when you're, operate, when you're operating out of Salesforce.com. Salesforce has mm-hmm. this one-to-one relationship between the thing to be done and the person. So if, if I was going to run a multi-step play on you, I'd have, I'd have eight individual task or 10 or 15 or 20 that are all connected to Al and connected up to Sandler. Uh, and the rep has to process those sequentially. And as you ask them to do more, I'd like you to make 75 calls. You'd like to make a hundred calls today. What happens is the inefficiency now becomes magnified. And so Salesforce had a, an interesting blog post recently that said that the average seller spends 36% of their day in engaged selling time. It, it, what ends up is you pay them through Tuesday afternoon-ish, mid-afternoon. Like, yeah. And then the rest of the week, they're not selling. They're doing sales-adjacent, ancillary tasks, and a lot of that is- Getting ready ta- to get ready. That's right. Yes. They are getting ready to get ready. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're, they're doing tasks that the manager needs logged in Salesforce because the manager wants to know, have they been busy? Have they been about their territory? Uh, whenever the customer success person gets them, I need to know what all the different details are on the opportunity and, and what touches we placed on them. And, and it makes sense to have that unified view of the customer in Salesforce.com. But asking the seller to put it in there is not empathetic to them at all. And there's a cap on how much they can do. And so we're, we we set out to sign 
to, to solve for both going along with people, but then not making 10x the work for them to go, to right. be able to touch 10x the same number of people by making it more yeah. efficient. On I'm a side. big fan of sales loft. I Thank heard you. about it through a client of ours that that uh, implemented your your system, and uh, their productivity just went way up. That's incredible. We'd love to hear that. Combine that with our training. Absolutely. That's that's the, <laughs> the secret all kinds for success. Of there you go. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So we've been talking with Derek Grant, the vice president of commercial sales with Sales Loft. And uh, Derek, if people want to, and they should want to engage with Sales Loft, see if it's right for their organization, how should they get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, I can leave my email address here. And so it's Derek.Grant at SalesLoft.com. So that's D-E-R-E-K dot G-R-A-N-T at SalesLoft, L-O-F-T dot com. Uh, Also, SalesLoft.com is is an unbelievable resource. Uh, We have, an. remember, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross had... Mm -hmm. Uh, ABC always be closing. Oh, I hate and, that. <laughs> and I, I, I love my sellers to think about how they're going to advance the deal forward, but we yes. take an ABH approach, always be helping approach. Oh, and so it, it, it's helping move the ball forward through education, content. And our blog is such a terrific resource that is available for, for everyone. It's got great tips, videos, blog posts. We pick up other people's blogs that we think say something smart and brilliant. We get uh, outstanding people and thought leaders in the community to go and write articles. I mean, it really is something that we think of as serving our customers. And they can get there through salesloft.com? Salesloft.com, and the okay. blog hangs off that. There's also a contact us uh, on the website as well. That you, we'd, we'd love to have you come in. we we got a couple great inbound SDRs, powerful uh, folks that are, are working with the folks that walk on the lot is, uh, again, quoting Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and don't walk yes. on the lot unless they want to buy, right? And so uh, <laughs> if, if you do fill out the form, certainly we'd love to have a couple of our terrific inbound SDRs reach out and, and get a better feel for how they can assist okay. you. And just to be clear, SDR stands for Sales Development Rep. Yes, right? absolutely. Thank okay. you. I, I guess yeah. I just threw that out there. It's so so core to our vernacular that I uh, I forgot to, yes. That's sales usually uh, the, the acronym thing used to, you came from your role, Matt, really, didn't it? I originally. think he got it from Boise or Bismarck. You know, he spent a lot of time in <laughs> those two places. No, that's <laughs> a good point. That's a good point. Uh, you know, if you have the opportunity to ever go there, don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's I can save you a trip. It's it's corn, and then you turn around, and there's a person, and then there's more corn. That is pretty much the experience that you're going to have. There actually is a very good Sandler uh, trainer in Boise. Is that so, right? Yeah, Jim Stevens. He's awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. S- speaking of, uh, of of terrific Sandler uh, uh, trainers, you know, I know Salesforce has been a, a long time uh, Sandler yes. proponent, and, and I was uh, I was I, sad, I guess is the right term, to hear that Guru had had gone on to do other things. Guru, Guru Ganesh. Ganesh, yes. 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 Uh, he's going to be working on his music career, I hope. But yes. uh, but but really, one of the one of the unbelievable uh, proponents of Sandler and instructors of Sandler. Uh, you know, he's he's on to do new big things. Yes. But you know, he I think further makes it clear the the success that he has had with Salesforce.com makes it clear that yeah. that not just great big businesses, but great businesses all sizes uh, need to be leveraging the the techniques that you all are. are are teaching sellers in the world today to help them be more sincere and more Thank thorough. Thank you for saying their, that. Yeah. So we, we learned a lesson. David Sandler himself died in 1995 and they didn't have enough recording mm-hmm. of him. Okay. Uh, so we lost a lot of, of that intellectual property, that genius. Learned a lesson. Guys like Guru Ganesha have been recorded Good. over and over Good. and preserved. Yep. And, and, and what's the word? Re... Uh, re-engineered, uh, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, to make the recordings better because sometimes the microphone wasn't so good. It's remastered. The background. remastered yeah. 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 So we have a lot of that with him and others uh, in our, our sphere of intellectual property. Good. 
and uh, so he'll live on with us. Good, yes, good, good, good. It's and, sad to see him go, though. Yeah, but he's yeah. Uh, he's w- one of the great ones. But as are you, and, and I tell you the the Sandler. There's no business that couldn't benefit from better understanding how to better connect with customers. Thanks for the kind words. We sure. appreciate that. Yeah, we love working with our clients. We love helping them. When and and when they're able to use tools and 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 they're able to have partnerships like with Rocket IT, SalesLock, it just makes our job so much easier. And uh, it's it's terrific. So uh, this has uh, been Let's Talk Business. Simon says Let's Talk Business. I'm your host Al Simon, and have been loving the last few minutes talking with Matt Hyatt the uh, founder and CEO of Rocket IT, and Derek Grant, Vice President of Commercial Sales for SalesLoft. Hope you all enjoyed your time with us. We did. Thank you so much, Absolutely. That's great. So once again, Simon says, let's talk business. And until next time, good selling. (laughs) 